Welcome to Let's Talk Family Law, your source for how to navigate the financial and legal implications of divorce, custody, asset division, and adoption. This podcast series is created and produced by Weber Gallagher. Visit us at wglaw.com. This program should not be considered legal advice. Please consult our attorneys for your specific situation. And now, here are our hosts. Hello and welcome to another edition of Let's Talk Family Law. And this is a little bit of a spinoff on our Family Law 101. This is kind of an unusual question that I get from time to time, and it seems to cause a lot of confusion. It's the concept of common law marriage. Uh, Common law marriage goes back to basically pioneer and frontier days when uh, it was a practical uh, impossibility for certain people to get to a courthouse or to a minister to get some sort of a formal marriage. Uh, states that go back, uh, uh, you know, 250 years, like Pennsylvania, uh, recognized the concept of common law marriage. Uh, Pennsylvania uh, passed a statute in 2004 that said that uh, there would be no common law marriages after January 1, 2005. So that means that if you were living with someone uh, and you were living with them before January 1, 2005, there is a possibility that you are common law married. Now, the reason I say that this causes confusion is that in the past, I've gotten many a phone call from either a client or a friend or a friend of a client that says, look, I've been living with my girlfriend for seven years, eight years, whatever. Somehow seven years seems to have been the magic number. I've been living with my girlfriend for seven years. Does that mean we're married? And I would ask them a bunch of other more fact-specific questions, and then they would uh, breathe a sigh of relief when I would tell them that, no, it doesn't look like you're married. Uh, This, as I said, this still comes up. It is a dying concept in Pennsylvania. It's not dead. It may be on life support, but it is not dead. This seems to come up in areas of uh, employee benefits and uh, trusts and estates. Uh, But uh, I have had it come up in divorces. I have had people uh, come into me and say, uh, my girlfriend has filed for divorce, but we were never married. So we end up having a hearing on whether or not the parties were ever married before we can start with a hearing on uh, uh, what's the appropriate resolution of the divorce. And the reason that uh, this came to my attention is that I came across a case from about uh, a year and a half ago. And the name of the case is Board of Trustees of the Greater Pennsylvania Carpenters Medical Plan versus William Schwartzmiller and Lisa Schwartzmiller. And it's a case from the United States District Court for the Western District of Pennsylvania. And it was decided on March 23, 2020. And uh, uh, for those of you who are not familiar with all of the court systems in Pennsylvania, there are state courts and there are federal courts. Uh, Certain issues go to state court and certain issues go to federal court. Issues involving employee benefits are generally heard in uh, federal court, but the federal court will apply uh, certain substantive law of the state. So the question of whether these people were married or not uh, came down to Pennsylvania law. So that's why it interests me. 
In this particular case, the parties were married in 1986. In 1990, wife had had enough of husband's substance abuse issues, so she threw him out of the house. They ended up getting divorced in 1992. And it's after 1992 when things started to get interesting. Husband took steps to address the uh, dependency issues, uh, the substance abuse and, and substance dependency issues that, uh, that caused wife to seek the divorce. And he asked wife to take him back. They started dating in 1993 and husband moved back in the house shortly thereafter. After 1993, the parties had two children. They filed joint tax returns. They told everyone they were married. They signed financial documents as husband and wife. And most importantly, husband represented to his carpenters union that he and wife uh, were married so that health insurance benefits could be uh, made available to wife and to the party's children. In 2010, the parties separated again. Unfortunately, husband suffered a stroke in 2012 and he could not work anymore. In 2014, he started receiving uh, social security disability payments and he also applied for uh, an early distribution of his pension through the Carpenters Union. Husband wanted to maximize the pension benefit that he would receive and avoid the mandatory joint survivor annuity for married people. So he told the union he was divorced. So that puts husband between a rock and a hard place. He had told the union for years that he was married so that he could get medical coverage for his wife and his children. But then he said he was divorced to maximize his monthly pension benefit. So is he married or isn't he married? He's saying both things. Uh, the union, sued husband and wife to get their proper health insurance premiums paid since husband, uh, since, uh, since husband was getting the, uh, the, the, the break for having his uh, family on the health insurance. And husband sued the carpenters union because he wanted his full pension. He didn't want to be treated like a married person relative to the pension. Both cases were uh, tried together in federal court in Pittsburgh. And the issue comes down to whether or not the parties had entered into a common law marriage uh, and after they had separated and gotten back together again. Remember, as I said when we started, was that uh, uh, Pennsylvania was not going to recognize a common law marriage entered into after January 1, 20, uh, 2005. But here, the question is whether they entered into a common law marriage before that, okay? So the judge, in the, in the federal court in Pittsburgh, applied Pennsylvania law on the issue to try to decide whether or not a common law marriage existed. And under that analysis, the parties need to have an express agreement that they were getting married or were married. Specifically, they need to exchange what the law calls verba in presente, which means that words spoken in the present tense to show that the two of them were married. There were no magical, and the courts don't recognize any magical or special words. You don't have to say, I do, or I don't, or I'm married. Just words sufficient to show proof that there's an agreement that the two of you decided to enter into, or the two parties decided to enter into a legal relationship of marriage. And additionally, the courts look at, and this court looked at, other uh, factual issues to decide whether the parties 
had the intent to be married. And that evidence includes things like, was there an exchange of wedding rings? Was there constant cohabitation and reputation, meaning holding yourself out as being married, telling people you're married, celebrating anniversaries, all that kind of stuff? Did the parties file joint tax returns and uh, enter, un, uh, enter into other sworn uh, statements and documents claiming that they may be married? Did they deal with themselves uh, financially, meaning did they have joint bank accounts and did they have joint real estate transactions? Did they hold their house as, uh, uh, as uh, tenants by the entireties? All these other things are uh, questions that a court would look at in deciding whether or not parties were, were married. So based on all these facts, the judge in the case that I just referenced found that there was a common law marriage. So the Carpenters Union claim for back health insurance premiums was denied and wife, on the other hand, had a claim against husband's petition. So there are a couple of morals to this story. First, uh, as I said, when we started, common law marriage is, uh, is not dead. It's dying, yes, but it's not dead. Second, if you think you might be in a common law marriage, uh, contact a lawyer and ask some questions. Third, read and understand employee benefit forms before you start checking boxes and signing forms. I had this once with a guy that was a state trooper. Uh, he had lived with a woman for a number of years and he wanted to get her health insurance and the state police gave him a form to fill out and it said on the form that uh, if you're not, uh, if you don't have a marriage certificate, check this box and you'll indicate that you are legally married to her and common law married and we'll consider the two of you as husband and wife. Well, he checked that box, he got her health insurance. And then when she filed for divorce uh, several years later, uh, he said, wait, we're not married. And guess what? She found this form in the records of the Pennsylvania State Police and the court found that he was married, much to his chagrin. Um, third, read and understand employee benefit forms before you start checking boxes and signing things. That's kind of related to the one that I just said. And uh, most employers now recognize domestic partners, so that might be a little bit less of an issue uh, than it was before, but uh, uh, some forms may be out there that there are not providing uh, health insurance benefits unless the, uh, to your spouse or who you think is your spouse uh, until you show that you're legally married. And fourth, if you were married and then divorced and moved back in with your former spouse, make sure you get clarification on your situation so you figure out whether you're married or you're not married. And finally, uh, and this is a question that I have for myself and I haven't thought this fully through and I haven't seen any cases on this, which are, what are the implications for same-sex couples who have been together for years and years and years, but they could not get married in Pennsylvania until 2014, when same-sex marriage became legal in Pennsylvania? And that one, I'll leave for a future podcast. Thank you for listening. This is Skip Persick from the Family Law Department of Weber Gallery. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk Family Law, presented by Weber Gallagher. We hope you join us next time to learn more about how to navigate the financial and legal implications of divorce 
custody, asset division, and adoption. Until then, please visit us at wglaw.com.